everybody. Welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. It's a school night, so we're going to try to keep this one tight. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words. I know, I know. We'll, we'll see what happens. So today we're going deeper on body heat. Yes, yes, so, yes. Any final thoughts before we start getting into the questions that no one thought to ask? <laughs> before we go down your rabbit hole? Yes. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was great. Um, it, like I said, I mean, it it feels like a lot of movies that I've always enjoyed from a noir standpoint, from a, but timeline-wise, it, it seems like it probably did a lot to create the genre so i'm curious to see what you find out i, I didn't de- delve as deeply into the history of the erotic thriller in this one because i think we're probably going to go farther into it but yes this movie is sort of the movie that is considered by most film critics to be the dawn of both the erotic thriller and the first neo-noir film neo-noir okay so <laughs> so yeah this this kind of started it all like everything came from here well i can see it and it's done it's done really well and subtly, you know, it's not, it keeps moving, it keeps you not guessing so much because I think we know the genre so well, you can kind of predict I the beats. I feel like if I were watching it in the day that I, I don't feel like I would have guessed it if I were watching it in the day. I think that's probably fair and I think that's probably true. But I think that because it did not just shout at you, I mean, I feel like later on, you know, we watch other things and it's just like... Like elbow, 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 you know, in the, in the ribs. And it's like, do you see what I did there? Um, and, and this definitely doesn't do that, which, you know, it, it's just a really well-crafted movie. It's just I it's mean, a solid like eight and a half out of ten. Like, I would like my... to officially present Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan with, with the Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan, Kasdan Award. Award. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, babe. Very nice. And I re-showed the scene that you weren't paying attention to is Kathleen Turner the queen of the dick grab for the foreseeable future. Uh, more than that. Until she's, she's usurped. I mean. She's the queen of the dick lead. She's, <laughs> it's like a leash. <laughs> I mean, congratulations to everyone in the moment, I guess. <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> oh, man. So we're just going to get into it. Um, just rando research, as always. Just random facts that I'm going to like, whoa, 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 whoa. Ninja, not connect together. <laughs> Bring them. Okay. J.A. Preston. Oliver. Oliver. Detective. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot names all of a sudden. Like, gotcha, already, gotcha. they're gone out of my head. He is most famous for being in two seasons of the TV show All's Fair. Do you know anything about this show? Nope. Okay. Uh, I don't either. Here's a photo from it. I'll see if I can blow it up a little bit for you. Do you recognize anybody in this photo? Uh, yeah, that is, um, oh man, now I can't find people's names. I know exactly who that is. Um, that's Bernadette Peters. Yes, absolutely. And I recognize the guy, but I'm not, oh wait. Take off the mustache. I know who that is, but I don't ooh, name. That is wavy hair mustachioed Richard Crenna. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> this is not their first time together. I wonder if they remember because they didn't have any scenes together. They did not. He was dead. He was dead. <laughs> yeah. I hope they got a minute to, or I don't know, maybe they hated each other from the show. And maybe like, so. I don't want to see. I don't want to be in a scene with that prick. Like in their <laughs> no trailers, idea. like that bastard, bastard. <laughs> 
I was so happy about that. That's amazing. Um, Michael Keaton is in eight episodes of this show that ran in 1976 and 77. I'm curious about that. What's the What's the show about? I, I think it's it's a cop show. Okay. Just it, it's a bog standard cop show procedural. I'm sorry, that hat she was wearing is not part of your bog standard cop <laughs> procedural. <laughs> I'll okay, so we'll table that. I'll look more into. I, it just it seemed like bog standard cop show procedural. But I mean, I'll, I'll look 70s, more into it. It's the 70s. It, it, people, uh, who knows? Wardrobe <laughs> choices are all over the place. It's not chips, you know. There, there's no motorcycles. It's it's not Hill Street Blues, which mm-hmm. probably second most famous for. Hill Street Blues. Oh, okay. So he's a, he's a cop. He Dallas, Santa Barbara. So, sorry, yeah, he's, he's a cop. He's, uh, yeah, it's like he's kind of a cop through and through from a character standpoint. Or later on in life, judge and military man. Okay. So just kind of a, a not a heavy per se. I don't know what the word for that, that Michael Ironside character is. Is is he an Ironside? I mean, Michael Ironside has maybe done it the best of anybody. <laughs> he's just, he's... He's law enforcement. He he's is a Kurtwood Smith. He he's just a stern, right, rigid it's man, truth sayer. <laughs> like every one of these things, like Hill Street Blues, Dallas, Santa Barbara. It's all like, oh, I'm just a little too young for that. Like his entire yeah. body of work. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I mean stuff that came out in the late '70s for sure. I think probably the thing you might actually know him from. We're going to see. I don't know if you know this movie at all. Okay. But did you order the code red? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm sorry disappointing you right That's now. That's fine. No, no, no. I, I didn't know if you were going to know it or not. Okay. I don't I don't know. I believe the answer was, what do you want from me? And it's, I want the truth. Oh, you can't handle the truth? Exactly. He's the judge. I haven't seen that movie. You really? No. I okay. have not seen. No. I okay. Haven't. Well, so I just know I just know that the next few lines after that. Okay, well, a few good men is going on. Our, is it a forbidden film, or I'm is not it just sure. one you never got around to? I mean, is it rated R? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Then ninety three, maybe. Then it, and then yeah, it probably just fell into that kind of chasm of rated R it, in Kevin the early nineties. Kevin Sutherland. It. If you're doing six degrees of Kevin Bacon, this movie is a very. It's your wild draw four of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Because <laughs> isn't it... Um, Tom Cruise, Kiefer Sutherland, uh-huh. uh, Jack Nicholson, right. Demi Moore. Right, Demi Moore, yeah. It connects Kevin Bacon oh. to just an entire of swath of, of humanity. Okay, okay. I actually... Oh, I was listening to The Tipping Point, uh, not reading because I can't read, y'all. I don't have time to read, <laughs> by Malcolm Gladwell. And he was talking about, like, actually, statistically, there are much several more actors that have more smaller... Uh, oh, than Kevin Bacon? Than like Kevin you- Bacon. It's just, he's kind of become the go-to, um, but... Oh, I'm sure there's character actors. I mean, Six Degrees of Walton Goggins is probably... I don't know. I mean, I don't know, because like, some of the more recent actors but i think rod steiger is like number one okay okay i could see that yeah so his final film he was um a uncredited general in air force one and retired afterwards oh so he came back a couple of times for just a couple rando you know spots but that was his last major film i do love air force one (laughs) air force one I had to pause here because Kim Zimmer, she's the Marianne Simpson. Yeah. Very small. Do you know her? I kind of recognize her as like 
being a lady in movies in the 80s, probably. I recognize her as Lieutenant Kate Murphy from a run in MacGyver. Okay, okay. So you're kind of a sexy lady cop in MacGyver in 1989, 1990. And She's getting your attention. Forbidden Zack is starting to <laughs> notice. <laughs> Like, we've moved on from Zelda from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. And, you know, we're, we're starting to, to notice some ladies. From Zelda to Zimmer. <laughs> it's always been Jennifer Connelly. Sorry. <laughs> there might have been a few dalliances off the side there. She is in 97 episodes of The Doctors, I guess, which is a, um, a daytime soap opera. Okay. Not familiar with it. 124 episodes of Santa Barbara, several of them with uh, J.A. Preston. Okay, so meet again. Yes. She is in 1937 episodes of Guiding Light. Wow. I think Guiding Light is the longest running soap, I think. Wasn't it like even a pre-television? Was it a radio drama? Radio, I think, maybe. It could have been, yeah. And 105 episodes of One Life to Live. She might be one of the most prolific television actresses who's ever lived. She could. That's I a, don't that's, really know how, her for much, but... I mean, just think about the amount of time. I mean, I know soap operas just like, bam, they just, bam, they bam, bam, bam. They just film them out. You know? they, yeah, they, they nail them out and uh, bang them out. But like... The amount of time just, she has been on the screen. The amount of time. That's just so much time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, Ruth Tom, who is Mrs. Singer, the lady with the cane, who's okay. suing. Oh, like, yeah, I yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know her from something. Okay. I don't think I do. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is her final role. Aw. Yeah. Uh, she was in six episodes of the Andy Griffith Show slash Mayberry RFD as four different characters. <laughs> she was one character three times, though. Like okay. Mary Ellen, three times. Okay. She was in Uncredited in The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Which okay. I have seen several times. Yes. So, she's like an uncredited member of the occult society. <laughs> I feel like, why is that not forbidden? Like, why were we watching that? Oh, I don't think I did. But like little things like bed knobs and broomsticks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, your parents have like, Harry Potter is the end of the world. But bed knobs and broomsticks is good old fashioned family fun. I bet you by now they've watched Harry Potter and they think it's awesome. They just haven't talked about it. <laughs> They've been empty nesters for a while. Right. And one episode of Petticoat Junction and that's her entire body of work. Oh, wow. Okay. So I don't know where, what she was doing besides that she was doing on stage or doing other things. I have no idea. I cannot find information about her. So Ted Danson, Danson, Danson. Yes. This is his feature film debut. Ah, dreamy and perfect. But he has largely, for the last like seven years or so, been a television actor. Mm -hmm. uh, he was in, um, just after this, he was in Creepshow. Have you seen Creepshow? I don't think so. I've it's heard kind of, of an it. homage to old horror comics, and it's an anthology. So there's multiple. Wait, was did we watch a piece of that um, a couple of Halloweens ago with uh, Carradine at a gas station? No, that was uh, Body Bags. Okay, the same, the exact same idea though. Okay, the anthology horror movie. There's okay. four stories maybe, but he and Leslie Nielsen are kind of. In the through plot that connects all of the all of okay. the stories, uh, and then Cheers, nineteen eighty two, and he was just doing Cheers till ninety three. I mean, yeah, Cheers long running. I mean, and has been in like several shows that have had fifty to a hundred episode, mm -hmm. you know, runnings. He's just been a TV actor most of his life. 
Well, he's great. He's great. But this is... It's just I, there's something, something here. magical here that maybe it, there's something like that in The Good Place because I think The Good Place is kind of plays on the surreal and and I, whimsical. Maybe I think. we'll give it a maybe we'll give it a shot. I don't, I just I feel like we're miss Sam from Cheers would do the, any of this. No, it's it Sam from Cheers is too cool for all of this. And so that's just we I think we just lost something by making this multi-generational rich movie star tv star like his life is fine i'm sure he's living he's having a great time but i wonder he's if he's antiquing in franklin as we speak we might be able to go see him in an art crawl next weekend but right. i wonder if maybe some talent got wasted there i i think possibly because yeah i th- this character was so fun but so good at driving so many parts of of the narrative. He was better at being Ducky than Ducky. He was Ducky. He was the he best. Was, he was Robert uh, Robert Downey Jr. doing Ducky. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Which I think, you know, if if you're not aware, what is it? Uh, Pretty in Pink. Yes. The the original Ducky was uh, Robert Downey Jr. Which and... has to play a little darker, uh-huh, uh, for sure. But yeah, he's just so precious, but also. Like, he knows his shit. And he's, he's the heart of the story, kind of. He really of. is. He really he, kind of is, yeah. He's the moral compass. Mm-hmm. He's he's the, what's been keeping William Hurt from going off the rails for however many years. Yeah, he, you know, exactly. He's a skeezy defense attorney, and they probably have more history that, uh, you know, William Hurt, they probably worked together as, as they probably prosecutors. Came, they probably and, did and, come up, and then William Hurt probably screwed something up a little bit and had to go out on his own and couldn't stay as a prosecutor. Or, yeah, it was too much of a Or maybe he was a public defender and something went wrong. And right. now he's kind of got a skeezy practice. And I don't, I don't know. I've said the word skeezy like 17 times in this episode. But that, okay. is there a better word to describe him? No. Because, yeah, I mean, there's you have like a kind of a, a sliding scale of like skeezy and slimy and like, you know. And I don't know that he's that far. He's not quite slimy yet. Right. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. The mustache is trying to get it's slimy. It's really, really trying. Um, Cheers was not a huge hit when it came out. Are you familiar at all with the history of it? Not really, no. That it was good enough not to get canceled when it came out in 82. It did not break the top 10 until 87. Oh, wow, so five years? Yeah, five seasons before it cracked the top 10. Was that after... um, Oh, it increased... I think Shelley Long was only in like two seasons. It increased a lot after she left. After Kirstie Alley came on? Yeah, and I think uh, Woody Harrelson didn't hurt things either. Oh, I didn't realize he wasn't like. Fr- oh, I guess at the beginning it there was, was coach. There was the older guy, and yeah, he yeah. actually died in real life. Oh man, and, that's and, sad. Yeah, they replaced him with with Woody Harrelson. But the finale of Cheers, second most watched thing, like scripted thing on TV ever. Still, it's still wow. eighty million people. There's no, there's no way eighty million people are going to watch any scripted thing. That's true. Ever people again. don't have. No one has a one. There's too many options. Maybe if you, maybe if you include streaming, maybe you know, eighty million people have watched Game of Thrones or something. But, but not at one time. Exactly. Not like a must see event. Like you know that, that that just doesn't exist anymore. And that was that was in the '90s. That was '93. So I mean, that was almost ten years after the finale of Mash. Do you which happen, was number one? That was number one. Yeah. Still okay. Yeah. Oh, nothing will ever. I mean. Royal weddings and nine eleven, and there are things that do bigger numbers, but not not scripted television. Got it. And nothing ever will. I can't find much about him where he's garbage. 
So he may be like one of our uh, one of our patron saints of our podcast moving forward. Yes, yes. I would love that. The worst I could find was that uh, his first daughter was born on Christmas Eve, nineteen seventy nine. His uh, second wife at the time had a massive stroke during the delivery. Oh no! And was severely incapacitated and incapacitated for a significant amount of time. He actually took time off of the shows he was on, and this is like kind of his comeback to acting. Oh, okay. In 81. Okay. This okay. is two years later. He's been kind of nursing her back to health. Oh, wow. And then, of course, this is the woman he's still married with in his 93 affair with Whoopi Goldberg that becomes one of the costliest uh, celebrity divorces in history. Hmm. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's interesting. But she is, by all, in, by all accounts, back to basically good health. And well, that's good. And has used all of... The money that he made off of Cheers uh, to great philanthropic efforts. So awesome. <laughs> good for her. Awesome. And now he's married to Mary Steenburgen. Yes. And he seems to have supported some people who are maybe retrospectively garbage. That's hard, that, though. Exactly. Exactly. You can't you can't do that to people. You know, in the moment, you may know one thing. And we, we yeah, there, there are I only know. a hand. I was, I was Emperor's New Closing calling out bill clinton when i was like 12 but oh, i thought bill clinton was a, a real skis but i also we were coming from a very moral high ground that's true that's area true. we i think that i would still come to the same conclusion but for much more very different analytical reasons, reasons. <laughs> so that's about what i have on the uh, any any final thoughts on the cast and crew no i think it was perfectly cast okay um the history of forensics. I was like, there's DNA everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So much DNA. So much DNA. So I just thought I'd go back and just do a, just a real quick run through. You don't like, sorry, guys, sure. sorry if you're not true crime people, if you're film history people, just like press like the skip 30 seconds like four times and I'll stop talking. Okay. And true crime corner now. <laughs> 1943, we first discover that DNA carries genetic material. Okay. First time that we know that DNA is unique to an individual. 1960, first use of a voice recording in U.S. courts. Wow. I mean, we've had we've had Alexander Graham Bell talking, <laughs> or Mark. Well, really, I guess I don't know how recording possibilities. We had Marconi talking even earlier than that, right. but. Um, that's fascinating. No, like wax cylinders in court. Nobody with wow. the, with their wigs listening to wax cylinders. No, it's just not really a thing. Cool. Not a thing till tapes. No one's wearing a wire. She. <laughs> what do they do with all that? I feel like <laughs> people wore wires earlier than that. They just didn't use them that way. Huh. I don't know. 1967, the National Crime Information Center is created by the FBI to kind of get some a little bit of like, hey, maybe there's information about crimes in another county that might be helpful to know fucking a <laughs> 67 guys 67 somebody thought maybe different counties and cities should share information about crimes together but it, didn't ha- it still isn't happening <laughs> it still isn't happening in some yeah, places but 67 someone was like oh hey this is potentially a bad idea like, we're not fully sold on it yet. Like, we're not sure how to execute. Well, Bobby, probably more than anything, we're not sure how to execute this. We have we identified a problem. We have no way to solve it. And really, are we interested in solving? I don't know. But we're going to so- make a really thick book. You know? Right. Someone was like, um, do you think? And I was like, I- I'm sorry. I was asking Barbara for some coffee. What did you say? <laughs> 
I was asking Barbara for some coffee. She's got a really nice ass, you know? Exactly. <laughs> That's probably exactly. Do you see the gams on that one? <laughs> like, that tomato has toothpicks all the way up. <laughs> what? What does Kevin Bacon say in that? Like legs all... (laughs) She will have (laughs) long blonde hair, blue eyes, like legs that go all the way up, a butt that don't quit. I want that illustrated. (laughs) I want that illustrated. I don't think it's going to be what he thinks it's going to be. I think it's going to be a Cronenberg nightmare. Like legs going all the way up. I'm just imagining a nightmare. (laughs) 1975, Federal Rules of Evidence. It's the first time there's ever been a... Like what could be... What, what can be admitted what and what admissible? can't. First time there's been an update on that since 1923. Okay. Uh, 1979, the fingerprint scanner is first used. As opposed to just like getting like, under a microscope. Like some old guy like, looking at it with a, with a full on like, I can't even think of it. Oh, magnifying glass? Magnifying glass, yes. <laughs> it's not just some guy smoking in a magnifying glass. Right, just ashing all over the place. I also i I am a true crime fan, and I've gone back and decided I'm going to listen to books that here here a thing with like forbidden stuff. My parents did not pay any attention. Oh, if it was in a book, it's fine. To what books I read oh, or man. what books I bought, um, you know. So very very early on, I listened to, and I feel like the first one I listened to my my dad had it in his library because I think he'd bought a copy for my aunt. But Kay Scarpetta is a medical examiner character um, by Patricia Cornwell. And so I'm rereading slash listening to, and the amount of smoking on scenes <laughs> is just insane. And this is like the early 90s is when all of these are set. Like everyone is just smoking everywhere. I mean, I remember reading Rising Sun and it's, Michael Crichton, you know, the guy that did Jurassic Park. I was like, oh, that's that's the dinosaur guy. Let's get him this book. And it's about Japanese corporations kind of operating lawlessly in the United States. And the main murder, quote, murder, is really just sort of an S&M scene gone wrong. I think that's actually where I just left off a book I was listening to. I was cooking dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Actually. So I'm just like reading. I think they're like, Frenulum is in that book. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's a dinosaur guy. But they wouldn't let me read Disclosure. Disclosure should probably... I bet it's sad. I bet it's not like... Nobody gets murdered in Disclosure, do they? I haven't read Disclosure. I haven't read it either. But there's a book with Demi Moore or a movie with Demi Moore and Michael Douglas? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was Demi like, Moore and Michael Douglas can show up over and over and over and over again in this podcast. They are going to show up over <laughs> and over and over again. Uh, what do we got here? 1983, the first... Is it exoneration if it happens before the person's convicted? I can't think of the right word. No. Okay. Um, It would be like an acquittal. Acquittal. First yeah. DNA acquittal is 83. Okay. So uh, DNA is not used in a conviction until 87. Wow. And I was trying to look into that case and like, oh, no, it's just really icky. It's just lots of semen. And it's just not fun. <laughs> um, 1993, uh, Daubert versus... Um, Dow chemicals are kind of the new rules for what scientific tests are allowed in court. And then that in the last couple of years has all been completely thrown out as, as junk science. Was it like a clash action lawsuit? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of 
we were in 81 here. We're just after fingerprint scanners. So, like, we're not having to worry about a lot of forensics when committing this Can crime. You, oh, my God. Could you imagine someone walking into that house in that bedroom with luminol and a light? <laughs> 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 oh, man. And we said on the podcast, one of the best white elephant gifts we ever got gay was a... Uh, what a, a bottle of bleach, a black light, a bottle of luminol, and some gloves. And the guy that got it was just really kind of weirdly quiet. He's—I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but he was just awkwardly quiet. But I think he's the only one who got it. <laughs> I don't think anybody else got it. I mean, that's that's that's—is that our new line of the sand? Like those are our friends, the people who like get the luminol or don't get the luminol. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was wondering, like, is oral sex actually a crime in 81? Because Ted Danson says it's not anymore. Oh, right, right, right. Was it recently a crime? Um, So I found pretty much anything other than married missionary was a crime until very recently in Florida. <laughs> um, Same-sex anal sex was uh, punishable by death starting in 1868. <gasps> wow. Until 2003. <gasps> 2003? 2003, yes. Um, opposite sex, anal sex, was 20 years from 68 till 2003. Okay. The Florida Code does not specifically say. It just says lascivious acts, 800.02, um, that has been used to prosecute oral sex in the past. It has not recently. But the same law that does prohibit or that has been used to convict people of participating in oral sex is still on the books it's still on the books still on the books oh well, i mean lascivious lascivious is that right lascivious lascivious, lascivious acts or lascivious acts yeah i mean i think it doesn't that, say what a lewd or lascivious right i think that that's that's flowing floating of a nature because i i do think i've heard that before i'm curious like is that like consensual yeah I mean, it has been used in that yes it, it has not been used very recently and uh, Florida Code 798.02, it is actually illegal for unmarried couples to live together or engage in any sexual activity. Still, to this day. So, hence, um, Three's Company. <laughs> so there, there is some illegal activity happening. Whether or not it's going to be prosecuted is another story. And that concludes our true crime, forensics, and code corner. Not really. Oh, It is addendum. actually still illegal in Florida. For a man to wear a strapless gown. Okay. That's specific. Uh, skateboarding in Florida requires a driver's license. That's okay. And if you have an elephant and it's taking up a space where there's a parking meter, you have to make sure and pay. That seems fair. <laughs> I really wonder, like, what impetus was There has to be a moment where somebody, <laughs> like these crazy laws, there has to be like one county where some elephant got loose from the circus and... Someone was like tried, it, some local senator was trying to park, and there was a damn elephant in the way. But I am in favor of people recognizing when they're roadway users. <laughs> I am in favor. Oh, yeah, you bike assholes. You are a roadway user, according to the manuals. Got to follow the rules. Got to stop at the stop signs. Anyway. All right, so filming locations. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't think about where it was. It's, supposed, it's set Fort Lauderdale-ish. Right. It's um. It's filmed mostly in Palm Beach County. Okay. And with a little bit uh, in uh, Lake Worth, and a, just a few scenes in uh, Hollywood Beach, which I don't know if you remember Hollywood Beach, 
from a previous episode, the band shell, where the band's playing, uh, oh, what is it, that funny feeling, or... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember what they, all of a sudden, I don't remember what they were playing, but I that really. Old, that old feeling, that old feeling. Where I, I hoped she was going to be a, the band singer. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's like around the block from the Porky's Diner. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's just, you could walk. That's interesting. Okay. Because that feels like it would be so far away because it feels like very boardwalk versus like Everglades. But no, this it's the exact, like right there. Uh, and, and since we're in Porky's territory, we do know it's about three hours or so to the Mellow Mushroom. <laughs> Lord. So it's still doable in one trip. but uh... <laughs> So I think last time we looked at movies that came out around the time, and I was just so wild with like how many movies were coming out. Right. I did it again for this one. And... It's crazy. There's sometimes there'd be like four movies that came out the same week and they all made like 20 million box office. I guess you just, if there's only one film per theater per town, I guess it makes sense that all of them are going to make some money. I guess so, yeah. But um, so June, we've got Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams, which actually made a crap load of money. I had no idea Cheech really? and Chong were that successful at that time. I have no idea. I, I really That's like mean, dad or uncle comedy. Yeah. It's not your dad. No, not my dad. <laughs> not my dad. It's my dad 100%. <laughs> Next week, Raiders of the Lost Ark comes out. Yep. So it's June? June, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like five months old. <laughs> my parents go and see it. Yeah. About right, yeah. I'm almost one. <laughs> Next week, after Raiders, Superman 2 and Cannonball Run. Oh, wow. All three of those have huge theatrical runs. I got to wonder if Superman 2 didn't cut into some Raiders money. It had to It might have been a bigger movie had it not been for Superman 2. I mean, that's a great flick. It really is. It's a really good one. I think it's my favorite. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be one movie, one and two. Right. And they cut it back. You know, they cut it up in production. Next week, For Your Eyes Only. The Great Muppet Caper and Stripes. <laughs> Those are very different. Very, yeah. There's a definitely a, a, a dad movie, a uncle movie, and a kid movie there. But that, I mean, if they're grouped like that, then you've got people probably going and seeing all three of those movies over you the weekend. You've got a 22-year-old getting high might see all three of those in one night. I mean, Could be, but definitely time to do it over the whole weekend. That's, yeah, 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 there you go. Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, get the last one on a matinee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next week, SOB. We talked about that we one. Have it's the movie to... with Mary Poppins. Why <laughs> yes. can't I remember her real name? <laughs> Julie well, Andrews. Yeah, well, now you just did that. I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> it's the movie that Julie Andrews did after 10, mm-hmm. where she kind of plays a aging writer-director's wife and an aging starlet who decide to be relevant again by getting topless in a movie. <laughs> right. Features her one nude scene. Crazy. Which is, that's... I think they both believed in it very, very strongly, but it's still just it's weird so to weird. think about. It's so weird. It is weird. But it didn't damage anything. You know, in some people's situations, that would have not, she would not have been able to continue to have a career that she's had as this kind of just angelic like Children's entertainer, basically. Right. I, I think she was trying to be an adult, you know, Fair. Not, not an adult film star. That she's pulling a right, Miley Cyrus. But- <laughs> Oh, man, Miley, <laughs> Julie Andrews could teach you a thing or two. Right. 
she really could. I never even considered it that way. <laughs> it's like you can go Taylor, you can go Miley. You got two choices. And Julie Andrews is like, maybe you should go Taylor. She wrote the Taylor book. <laughs> like I tried Miley, it didn't work out. No. Nope. <laughs> Nobody saw that movie. Next week, Fox and the Hound and Escape from New York. Wait, what? I'm and a then fox. It, I'm a hound dog. Right, right, but didn't what's his face voice Escape from New York? That's yeah, two movies of the same day. Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, he's in two movies that really. I just the same thought day. Fox and the Hound was like him, like as a younger guy voicing that. A voice of Fox and the Hound the same time that he's doing Escape from New York. Yep. He's, he's that, I guess he's Disney and he's not Disney all at the same wow. time. Because he was a Disney kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew he was a Disney kid. And I just kind of thought in my head that Fox and the Hound, because I don't really remember Fox and the Hound coming out. So I think I thought it was like a much earlier one. Mm, you gotcha, know, kind of in gotcha. your like Snow, not Snow White, but you know what I mean? Like a. That's another one I had a book and a record of. Like a Robin Hood, you know, like. I had so many book and records. Yeah, I mean, I, most of mine were like strawberry shortcake and stuff. Rainbow Bright. Mm. I definitely had a Rainbow Bright. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, wow. I didn't realize that Fox and the Hound was that late. And then he's already being Snake Pilskin? Pliskin. Pliskin. So close. Give me some yeah, credit. Babe, I- you, you win everything <laughs> this episode. I cannot believe you know that much about it. <laughs> I mean, we can give all the credit to How Did This Get Made for later Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. featuring Rayanne from um, My So-Called Most, Life really? as okay. the president's daughter that he's going in there to, to rescue. Okay. And she has this like full-on New Kids on the Block-sized True Love Waits button A true- on it. Like an actual, yes. to, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're like super conservative <gasps> governors or president's daughter. Oh my gosh. Like, that's crazy. So, I, mean, I don't know if we, we've talked about it on the podcast. I think I was, what, like number five in like, on my serial number but, on my card. I mean, I don't know. I mean in, in some ways, Trill of Weights was like incredibly famous, and then it wasn't because I think, you know, if you're it not was famous in, that in the realm, Southeast area, I think. Definitely for sure. But like, Trill of Weights started in our youth group and uh, with our youth pastor. And yeah, we talked about it a little because. That's kind of where I knew, like... You were a salesman, a saleswoman. That I could sell things that... Yeah, my powers... Sell people things that they don't think they want and maybe don't need. My powers of persuasion are questionable. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not a proud moment. (laughs) But uh, next week, July 17th, the day... Or two days before my first birthday, we have Arthur... Which I don't know if Arthur shows up on this or not. We, I remember my parents watching it. I've seen some of it, and I remember watching some of it. But I like, love it, Dudley Moore. We, we've discussed that. We don't know why we love exactly, Dudley Moore. Exactly, exactly. And it has, I mean, Liza Minnelli mm-hmm. being, I think, kind of delightful. Um, That's and, shocking. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's like, I think things. I don't know what happened with her, but I think thing that was the moment. We might get to what happened with Liza Minnelli. Oh, really? In, the, in, in, in about a month, we might get to what happened to oh, really? Liza Minnelli. Okay. Um, but then also, you know, Christopher Cross. Uh, Which, who we have seen in concert, and he played the song twice. He, so. did, he did. It was an important song to him. It was the only song. Sorry, Christopher Cross, but it was the only song I cared about seeing. I mean, well, and really, honestly, I, I want to see... Uh, Sean Hayes do it. 
Have you seen that? In Will have, and Grace, yes. like you got those little like little things on popsicle sticks when when you got between the moon and New, New York, York City, City, like in between his face, <laughs> just Jack. <laughs> Next week, the twenty fourth. I'm one now. Happy birthday! Welcome to the world, new moon. You just say cake. Oh yeah, my first cake. Was that? I don't know if that was a thing back then. I don't know. I probably was like drinking Coca Cola out of a soda bottle or out of a bottle when I was like three months i don't know i don't know i don't know no we would have been drinking pepsi it was it was cleveland okay next week bo derrick's tarzan mm. the one with richard chamberlain the one that bo derrick lake is named after because of how many times she skinny dipped in it yes yes that we we saw in temple of doom yes and zorro the gay blade oh <laughs> highly rotated in my family. I mean, highly quoted. It it began a love that I had for George Hamilton. I mean, I'm surprised the that crispy I... crispy colonel is your favorite colonel? Apparently, yes. <laughs> I'm surprised that Man, I did R.I.P. Con- Norm Macdonald, but I think he might be my favorite colonel. He's a good colonel. <laughs> oh, man. I was watching for a little bit, and George Hamilton liked or retweeted my tweet. <gasps> Y'all... I don't even. It was, I don't know what it was George called. George Hamilton and Nina Garcia. That's the people that have uh, retweeted you. Um, no, it wasn't Nina Garcia. It was um, Stacy London. Stacy London. Okay. Stacy London. Sorry. Don't same bore I, Nina. Same idea. Same yeah, idea. Yeah, you bored Nina, but Stacy was okay with you. Stacy was great. Um, but it was a show. I don't remember what it's called. The Hamiltons or whatever. But basically, it was his step family or whatever. George Hamilton and Rod Stewart share an ex-wife. And it's like their family, like all the intertwining and oh, all man, of that. Oh man, we're gonna get into some Eskimo brothers here in this podcast. Oh no, but I think it's long. It's like was up and down, but it was fascinating. It was definitely a reality show that I was fascinated by. <laughs> like long after we were mostly not watching reality shows. Oh like sure, that. like but it was in the last handful of years because we lived here. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was totally fascinated by it. Um, but yes. Proud moment. George Hamilton tweet. Next week, uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. Okay. I've heard of Lady Chatterley's Lover, but I don't... And I feel like people talk about it and reference it. I feel like it's a sexy book that a lot of people read and there was a movie about... uh, You know, I feel like it's kind of like Emmanuel as well. Okay. You know, just those sexy kind kind of erotica, kind of travel logs. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Next week, Heavy Metal. And ah. student bodies, which student bodies actually made a crap load of money at the box office, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know student bodies. I know it's heavy a metal. softcore horror. Got know. it. And I mean, but heavy metal. I mean, if we're talking about softcore horror, and it's a freaking cartoon. <laughs> two weeks later, kind of a drought. Two weeks later, American Werewolf in London. I have not seen. I mean, I know a lot about. Obviously, I think that's going to be one of our Halloween episodes. At yeah, some point. that seems fair. Yeah. Next week is Body Heat and Private Lessons. Are you familiar with Private Lessons? I feel like I um, kind of. Speaking of Emmanuel, it's Sylvia Christel in her first kind of major American film. She is hired by Ed Begley Jr. to be the tutor wow. for his uh, <laughs> for his young nerdy son. Got it. And she teaches him many things. Right. <laughs> Exotic French woman. Uh, yeah. So that's. Um, yeah, I think the next week after that, like Mommy Dearest comes out. I didn't write, actually write that down, but I think the next week is Mommy Dearest. Really? It was that was that late too? Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
which as we said, I said we would get that's Liza Minnelli, right? No, no, the original Mommy Dearest isn't she the like isn't the character her? Oh, are you talking about like the character is supposed to be Judy Garland? Yeah, it's supposed to be Judy Garland and like abusing her kids. You know, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It, it's uh, Stanwick, isn't it? I have no idea. I just thought that I just assumed that it isn't Liza Minnelli. Judy Garland's, Judy Garland's daughter. daughter. Yes. Yeah, I just assumed that was yeah about like like she's the kid getting beat with a hanger. I have no idea. Honestly, okay. I think it. Cause it's, it's, it's not like obviously Judy. I don't think like that's but the I, name, but but I think like I don't think that that's a history that we have associated with them. But also, I think that it really could be any of the starlets of that era gotcha, potentially because gotcha. it's Barb. Barbara no, Stanwyck? Is that what no, you're to say? No, it's not Barbara Stanwyck. It's Faye Dunaway. But, okay. It's Faye Dunaway kind of being... No, it's Faye Dunaway being Barbara Stanwyck. I think that's what's the deal. Okay. I think it's Faye Dunaway being Barbara Stanwyck. Gotcha, gotcha. I think. Okay. We may have to go deep, deep. I, I might have to look more into that. Okay. Yeah, I just always assumed Mommy Dearest was Judy, Gar- was Judy Garland. I don't think so. I think it it is a, a loose or maybe not loose portrayal of Barbara Stanwyck. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so getting into some print. Print, the Observer Reporter, is a slow news week. <laughs> Like, the main story of the day is Reagan says interest is too high. <laughs> Same. That's like <laughs> It's nowhere near as high as it was then, but people have a tendency to forget that. Yeah. Like, some Kim in North Korea shot a missile and is kind of wacky. Same. <laughs> the royal wedding just happened the week before. Oh, uh, Charles and Diane? Yeah. So there's all sorts Diana? of... Like, back and forth in the opinion page. And they're like, I don't give a crap. Or like, no, actually, we should care. <laughs> Oof, what a wild thing. <laughs> uh, Terry Hazlitt is not a film reviewer yet. He's reviewing plays at the uh, Heinz Hall. They're doing Children of a Lesser God. Aw. It's 81. He's getting there. He's Scra- getting there. Scrappy. Scrappy <laughs> Terry Hazlitt. Um. What do you know about the Andrea Doria? Anything? I don't. Another safe. Divers are going down trying to recover the safe from the shipwreck of the Andrea Doria. It was a luxury liner crossing the Atlantic. It actually ran into another ship and flipped over and sank. It is the inspiration for the Poseidon adventure. That's even better than a safe. An underwater boat? Ugh. Exploring an underwater boat? That's what it is? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The real Andrea Doria is visible in the harbor and on the waterfront. Oh, like you can see you it? You can actually see the real ship. Yeah. Um, that I think 53 people or so died in the wreck. Like 1,600 people got off fine, you know, but like 53 died. 22 divers have died exploring the oh, wreck. Wow. It's kind of, they call it the Everest of... Of diving. Wow. Like, That's crazy. Yeah, it's like you, can, you can see it. It's not so far down. Oh, no, no, no. It was still sailing when they were filming. Oh. Oh, okay. It wasn't just like. It wasn't a wreck. No. It, it wasn't like a USS whatever that you could just like see right under the water. No, no, no. no. Not at all. Not at all. The Arizona. Um, So they didn't open the safe until 84. I guess actually somebody died a couple weeks later in the diving and they put it off and finally got it back up. But 
you know, as, as we've discussed on this show, we we love our safes. I don't know yes. how that is just keeps on it's coming fascinating. back. It's fascinating. The Washington Post review that it, it billed itself as the live TV event of the year. It seemed more like amateur hour. Oh no. What was in the safe? They were thinking diamonds and gold and all of the possessions of the richest people on the boat. I guess, in retrospect, all the richest people on the boat went into the safe and got their crap out before they got on lifeboats and left. Oh, wow. That was efficient. I guess it wasn't that big of a deal if they were able it to It sunk go over like 14 hours. Oh, yeah, then sure. And there were like other ships that came to like get them off. Yeah, then they came and got their shit. Yeah. Uh, it had a bunch of stacks of 20s and some traveler's checks. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if his traveler's checks are good. It's, a, it's some lira, but... I mean, do, like, traveler's checks, like, do they go bad? I don't even know. I think that's the whole point of a traveler's check is that if you lose one, you can get it replaced or get your money back. Right, right. If they're lost or stolen, you just get it, different ones. Because it's not a... Yeah, it's not tindered yet, technically. Okay, so I have an in moment. So I was wrong as well, but it's not Judy Garland. It's Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Okay, okay. It is actually based on a story by Christina Crawford, who was adopted by mm, Joan Crawford. Gotcha. So okay. it is 100% Faye Dunaway being Joan Crawford. Okay, Joan Crawford. Yeah. I was just didn't we like look at her boobs last week? But that was, that was Joan Collins. So that's different. Totally different. <laughs> very different. Very, very different. All right. So getting into the, epi- uh, the issue of Playboy that he was looking at. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the September 1980 issue. Okay, so timely. So, you know that in in magazine publishing, which is something that has bothered me my entire life, and it's, magazines aren't really a thing anymore, but I always hate that the magazine on the shelf is next month's issue. Right, and what you get in the mail is next month's issue. Like, you say, you say magazines are hardly a thing. In all of this, y'all, we have so many magazines. Oh we have a goodness. subscription to everything now. We really do. We really do. It was like $60 on Prime Day for like a subscription to everything. Right. So all the magazines we've just gotten in the last few days are all September issues. <laughs> yes. So looking at my horoscope for September. So it's like, gotcha. okay, noted. So by the time we get to page 13, we see Dorothy Stratton on the Johnny Carson show. Do you know Dorothy Stratton? No. So she was the uh, Playmate of the Year for 1980. She was the, um, in 1977, working at a Dairy Queen in Canada. A club promoter slash pimp, Paul Snyder, started a relationship with her. They uh, sent some photos to Playboy. She was Miss August 1979, and then, of course, became the Playmate of the Year in 1980. Uh, They split up right before she went off to New York to make a movie... They All Laughed with John Ritter, directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, yeah. Bogdanovich. Are you familiar with him at all? Yeah. They were filming that from March uh, till mid-July. So he did The Last Picture Show, which Mm -hmm. I've been assured is fantastic. I've not seen it. Sybil Shepard, is that? Uh, Yeah, Sybil Shepard. It was actually, Sybil Shepard was cast because he wanted to bone her, then they got married. (laughs) She was a model up until then. She had no acting up until that point. Uh, Paper Moon. Mm-hmm. Then this all they all laughed, which I think this they all laughed was really poorly reviewed. It didn't do well in the southeast, and then was actually not released nationwide. Right. I feel like there's like one other big movie he had. There was like th- three major ones. His next movie was Mask, like the one oh, with, oh, Cher with Cher and Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
uh, we, we had that, a screener of that and it kind of scared me. I, I didn't fully understand what was happening. It's, and it's complicated. I didn't like, the facial deformities. and It's a complicated movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, Noises Off was his next film. Oh, okay. With, I think was Denim Elliott's last film. I think he was dying and drunk making that, which is kind of sad. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's a early Nicolette Sheridan. That might be her first role. I think you're right. I think you're right. And yeah. is... I think John Ritter's in that one too, and Christopher Reeve actually might be okay, still fun. walking in that one. <laughs> oh, I didn't. and Mary Lou Henner maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. You, are you familiar with Noises Off? Kind of. It's like a play, like a play within the play, right? It's, like they do he, the play four times over the course. It's like the opening night, uh-huh. and then like through the ending, like the closing night, and you see the play from the front, mm-hmm. and then you see the play from the back. And they yes. see the play from the front, and they see the play from the back yeah. again. It it plays better on stage than it does in, a movie. in, in the movie. Absolutely. Um, next one was The Thing Called Love. You know anything about this? I've never even heard of this. No. 1993 movie. Mm-mm. It's New York singer-songwriter who can't make it, so she goes to Nashville to try to make it in country music. Features Joaquin Phoenix and Sandra Bullock in 93. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> Never, ever even heard uh-uh, of this film. No. Interesting. And then The Cat's Meow, which I think I need to watch now. Oh, You've I, tried to. I love The Cat's Meow. I mean, Eddie Izzard is Charlie Chaplin. Yes. I don't think I've fully comprehended that. Yes. Yes, And yes. what, Carrie El- St. Carrie Always is in it? Carrie Always is in it. Kirsten Dunst. Um... Oh crap! Kind of like a real life the Natalie Gilmore, Holloway, Gilmore Girls' dad, Ed uh, Herman. Ed Herman's in it. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. No. No. Because it's not. It's before that. It's like a thousand years before, but it's same situation. Like people go out and somebody doesn't come back. Correct. But it's not the girl. Yeah. 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 It's Carrie Elwes, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think we might have to like make that just. But it's a based non- on a true story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it's William Randolph Hearst's daughter or something. Uh, no, no, that's that's Patty Hearst. That's a different. That's a different story. <laughs> that's, a, that's a totally <laughs> different story. <laughs> but it's it's a Hearst something, right? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's earlier. Maybe it's uh, it's because that's like that's he, a bunch he of was years. a director. Carrie always plays a character a director who had three names that is killed. Okay. Um and. Kirsten Dunst is playing, you know, a, a silent scream, you know, actress that's with Edward Herman, I think, is the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I love, I've only seen that once, so just like randomly saw it, but I loved it. Gotcha, gotcha. And I've also heard podcasts on that case a couple of times since. Mm. So, I'm, I'm sur- you've probably heard about this one in film or in podcast form, but, uh, the, so Snyder, her estranged husband, boyfriend, whatever. Who's? Uh, the Dorothy Stratton, the playmate, oh, okay. uh, his, the private detective that he had hired to watch her during this filming has kind of said that he was going a little off the chains at this point and was. The husband was? Yes, or the ex-boyfriend was or whatever. Borrowing guns from people and spending uh, the night in her house and. Not good. Lots of not great stuff. Um, she did not actually return to her house. She returned to uh, Peter Bogdanovich's house where they were having an affair. Got it. Uh, I think he was 42. She was 20. Um, 8.14, they uh, started divorce proceedings. She kind of sent her, uh, they met at noon. She kind of sent her business manager out, said, we can, you'll probably just, 
you know agitate the situation we can we can do this amicably but eight o'clock her roommates see the door is closed and think oh hey that must be like really amicably handling this oh i think and I know about this. 11 o'clock both of their bodies are found i think i know this yeah 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 and concerning they're they're both nude there's thoughts that she might have been dead for several hours and he might have been mm. yeah um mm. yeah not just not great so Ugh. uh she was played by jamie lee curtis and mariel hemingway in, okay. in various movies i think star 80 is probably the most famous movie about her yeah i don't think i've seen any movies about it but i think mariel i've definitely heard some stories got implants mid-production for the film that's oh. a that's, that's a choice. That's bold. Exactly. You had to have already been thinking, like, oh, I want to do this. And then it's like, oh, this is like, this is it's an opportunity. Production will cover it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Brian Adams, The Best is Yet to Come, Bushes, Dead Meat, and uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication are all kind of about her. Interesting. Okay. Uh, the... Yeah, Snyder's played by Eric Roberts in, so... Okay. Yeah. That gives, that gives you, like, a really good idea. <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, sorry. Um, seven years later, Bogdanovich married her 20-year-old sister. Seven years later? Seven years later, in 1988, after she'd been dead for seven years, her sister, who was 11 Th- at the time, or 13, 13 at the time, yeah. is now 20, and they get married. Ick. So, I feel like... We can give Ted Danson a pass on some of his garbage stuff because we've got some garbage in this. Oh, there's some huge garbage. Oh, yeah. So, Ted Danson, you're all right. Like, it, the company that you're keeping <laughs> in this podcast, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I've got some visual aids. We're going to have to post some of this. Okay. So, we have in Playboy, Kahlua and Soda. Ew. <laughs> Gross. We have, of course, I think he's been in several issues for a decade. OJ, a rental, the the football playing murderer, uh-huh. that uh, selling cowboy boots. Cowboy as you boots. Do. No, I, I would not have associated him with selling cowboy boots, but okay. It's it's a big, it's a joke about like he's wearing three cowboy boots because of like third leg situation. Oh no. Yeah, it's mm. it's a, there's a, there's some double entendre. No. Not a fan. Uh, Christian Dior selling jeans, <laughs> which I, that's not what I think of. No, I don't. But you know, it's the eighties. Yeah, this ad for Jockey, the bold fashion statement. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it does look bold. It comes in like a tube, though. When did since when did underwear come in a tube? I don't know. What does that say? Alance? I have no idea what that means. Jockey, the first name in underwear. It's <laughs> a hairy dude. <laughs> they don't make them like that anymore on purpose we've got an article about indecent exposure in the, at the university of virginia that one in three women on campus say that they have been uh witnessed an indecent exposure which that's seems a little high to me but it seems high but that also seems like do we have a serial situation happening we might we might uh reported it to police, 18% found it disturbing, and 14% said it changed their views of their own body. Interesting. That's something to think about, I think. Hmm. There was uh, a serial flasher at uh, Vanderbilt when I was there in in 2000, 2002, and I don't know if I can find... Also, the Vanderbilt paper is called The Hustler, 
It's been Hustler longer than Larry Flint's Hustler. Right. I'm sure there was a little bit of litigation there. There were so many jokes about, oh, yes, I read Hustler every week. and I'm sure. But uh, there was an article. I wonder if I can find it. I might have to put a pin in that. But it probably doesn't play very well. Because it's talking about all these poor victims who had to see a man's penis. And it's like, if it was some lady like showing her boobs, there'd be every guy and his uncle and his dad and his grandfather would be lined up in lawn chairs with disposable cameras and a cooler. <laughs> Eye rolling. It was it was Girls Gone Wild era. I mean. Right, right, right. I mean, that was also the same time that you had the, the girls of the SEC and Playboy, right? I think this was before that, but oh, but, but we're going to get into era. I mean, the girls of the Southwestern Conference is in this issue. That's been a thing for many, many years. Mm, got it. I guess that's a, they just roll around like five or six every five or six years. They roll through. So we have an interview with Roy Scheider. Okay. And I guess he doesn't really do many interviews. I read the thing, and it's not honestly like for a magazine famous for their hard hitting interviews. It's not that great of an interview. <laughs> Maybe Burn. there's a reason he doesn't do many interviews, but. His forehead is really, 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 really smooth in a time decades before Botox. So it's fascinating he just might have a really smooth forehead. He's so tan. <laughs> he's so tan. Like that much tan would just cause so many wrinkles. Maybe he's just had a lot of facelifts. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, $110 for a mail order vested suit. What's what's the West Egg on that? Like the, the current dollar whatever oh i don't know it's probably probably 300 bucks or so it's probably not a great deal i can get a vested suit on amazon for 89 dollars right now you gonna look that up for me mm-hmm. so we have an article on romance and in the opening of the article it says it's not something you can slip in an unsuspecting lady's drink wait say that again <laughs> romance it's not something you can slip in an unsuspecting lady's drink i'm letting that sink in I, I think that deserves a little pause. Yeah. Okay. I'm, a, I, I'm assuming we're just saying, like, you know, as we all normally do, is slip other things in ladies' right. drinks. Well, I think they're saying, like, that's not working anymore. Like, we have to, now we have to be romantic. We have to actually talk to women. You know, <laughs> we have to right. play them music. It even says, like, everybody is tired of Bolero and, and making love to Bolero. <laughs> Uh, suggesting other things you might want to listen to well, instead of Bolero. I'm sorry. Like, no one really wanted to make love to Bolero. That I think was people, weird. People must have. Because... Well, because they did it in 10. <laughs> That's where it came from. Because Bo Derek wanted to do it in 10. That's why they did it. But it wasn't like, sexy. Obviously, it must be sexy. It was weird. It was weird and a choice. Um, $110 in 1981 was about $358.53 today. So, uh, yeah, I could, I could buy three vested suits off of Amazon for that. So. Off Amazon, but you're not going to buy a vested suit off Amazon. I have in the last four months for our derby party. <laughs> I mean, that, but that's different. That was like turquoise. <laughs> different. <laughs> and there is a picture of a couple eating brie in bed, which I just think brie in bed is a bad idea. I'm, I'm all for cheese in bed, but <laughs> brie seems like a bad idea. You definitely need utensils for brie. Yeah. Um, what do we have here? We have a cowboy's lament. Okay. That Western chic is sweeping the country like a social disease. I've got a social disease. It's like, like any Officer true... Crumpke, what are we to do? No one wants with a social disease. <laughs> any true cowboy worth his grit has to gone undercover 
to stand out from the crowd. So it's all like how everybody who used to be wearing suit and ties are all wearing cowboy chic now. And like how real cowboys are having to try to figure out how to cowboy up a not cowboy look or kind of class up a cowboy look so they're not looking like all the western country and western a-holes i mean we live in nashville exactly um, we live a lot in a world country where and western a-holes we live in a world where this is still happening this week you know? none of us dress that way and everybody comes in town they're like all all the, the instagram people are like we're going to bats on a red weekend in nashville here's our friend here's our boots here's our shorty ass boots uh shorts like uh no 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 so we do have uh, Cheech and Chong ruining a photo shoot. For who? I get well, it was people that were. I guess they were Playboy models in their movie, oh, and okay. so they were going to be on like as props in the photo shoot. I guess they just got high and ruined it. <laughs> what did you expect? I, I think that's exactly what you what you get from them. Um, but also, I think they should be able to hold their weed better. <laughs> we have still life with a woodpecker. Are you familiar with that at all? I don't think so, no. It's what, um, 51st Dates, it's what she wakes up reading every morning. Oh. It's first first published in excerpt form in, in this issue of Playboy. Okay. It's kind of a sequel to Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Okay. It's It seems wild. It's like some deposed princess, rich girl, meets up with some like outlaw biker and they are building bombs together, get caught in the rubble of one of the destroyed buildings and just have esoteric conversations about whatever. I don't know. It, that seems like one of those things that someone is trying to pass off as true, but it's not. It, it seems like a sequel to a uh, like fight club or something. I don't know. Yeah, 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 it does. So the Playmate of the Month, Lisa Welch. Her article is really just all about San Francisco. She's not even really mentioned in it, which is kind of sad. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's like a San Francisco treat or whatever. And then just, Ick. Yeah. Uh, she made her film debut in History of the World Part 1. Have you ever seen that? It's a Mel yeah, yeah, film. I have, yeah, I have. And she is in, which will probably not show up on the podcast, but, you know, a full episode. I, I still think it could be a full episode. She is one of the sorority girls in uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Ah, okay. Part of the panty raid, probably. Yes. Best I can tell, never took her top off in a film. So I, I think she plays like co-ed, hot girl, virgin or sorority <laughs> sister in like every film she's in. <laughs> I mean. I kept it on. So good for her. It's a way to make money. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> uh, she owns an avocado ranch and a winery in California. Where she and her husband have raised nine children. That's a lot. That's a lot of babies. That's a lot of work. Honestly, though, like, if you were to tell me, like, I had to have nine children, but I got to just retire and have an avocado farm and a uh, and a winery, I'd have to think about that. I don't think you would. <laughs> I really don't think you would. We have back to campus fashion, which I know you think is just crazy that that's in there. Yeah, because... Who's allowed to, I mean, I guess it's college. It's, I mean, you just think it's, like, naked ladies and, like, creepy old man articles. No, but I know there's, like, some, you know, actual journalists and actual, like, writers that write and are submit. And then also, you know, Chandler and Ross have a feud over whose joke got uh, printed <laughs> in Playboy. But I'm going to posit that this is saying basically oversized coats, tweed, puffer jackets, and scarves. I hate to say it, but I think all of those things are in for fall. 
I think all those things are in for fall all the time. I mean, some of that, like looking at the pictures, are a little bit more specialized than just that description. But yeah, it's that that's that's fall. That's what you wear in fall. <laughs> period. So we have the uh, girls of the Southwestern Conference, and a print of the Baylor newspaper, kind of like who like. We don't want Playboy on Baylor and a bunch of op-eds and whatnot. So, okay. So I just thought, like, hopefully your sister's never in this. <laughs> she was only Baylor for like six months. And it was right. not during this time, or no? I guess it may be a whole year. But I did think, like, this is eighty-one. It's probably too early. But I did think, like, girls at Texas A&M. Like, if your boss's wife was in this, I might have a stroke. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel like eighty-one's probably a couple years too early. <laughs> It probably is, and also, like, he might listen to this, but she would absolutely not listen to this, like, to give you an introduction. So she would not be in Playboy. He would probably laugh right now at this, that, like, we said that, and he'd think it's hilarious, and he would tell her, and she would not be amused. <laughs> I just, I, they're the only people I know from Texas A&M. So if he was just, like, one of the guys going, like, woo in the back or something, he would probably have, like, a great mustache. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> I feel like I've seen like a real interesting like about below ears haircut. Oh wow, really? Yeah, like just total blonde. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like it's a lot of naked ladies, but then they have the animated new girl on campus that's like some like ninety year old woman trying to pass. <laughs> I mean, like like a like a librarian, like an eighteen hundreds librarian. And she even gets a playmate dad playmate data sheet. Interesting. So what else is there? There's a, uh, you can get, if you prove, send in your proof of purchase for your gun, they'll give you a free scope. Oh, no. <laughs> and then we have Mark Hamill looking at the picture of Princess Leia and Han kissing and looking crazy. Let's see if I can find that for you real quick. Yeah. We've got Bette Midler. We've got, yeah, Mark Hamill looking <laughs> <laughs> he okay. is so little. He is so little. We've got a nip slip on the uh, set of, of Get Smart. Uh. <laughs> Which I don't exactly know where we fall on nip slips and publishing them here. I, I, I think we're on the not publishing them side. Pro- I, I don't. Yeah, we're not going to publish anybody's nip slip, but Barbara Eden getting it. <laughs> That's uh, Pam Hershey. This is po- this is for the, this is the movie. This is the nude bomb. This uh, is the show. Okay. We have. We have hot new wave band, The Police, playing for thousands of in India. Put on a red light. I just, The Police are like a band that is for adults, but like adults that are younger than my parents. Is that a fair statement? Yes. I mean, I'm schmorty something now, so like I'm an adult, but still, I just think of Police are like, it's for the grownups, but, but my parents are too old. So I, I don't exactly know like where they fit into my music history. I don't know, but I know Phoebe's obsessed. Sting shows up in Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Um, and we've got Roxanne and Moulin Rouge and everything she does is magic in The Wedding Singer. <laughs> and so this is, I don't exactly know how to phrase this. And Puff Daddy covers. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Puff, Puff Daddy. Every time Puff Daddy covers something, it's great. Is yeah, that a? That's fair. I yeah. think Puff Daddy and Jimmy Page come with me on Saturday Night Live might be one of the best live performances of all time, and it's something that they cut out of the re-airings. 
you know, they, they do a 90 minute Saturday Night Live and they cut it down to 60 minutes for syndication mm-hmm. and they cut that out. And I think it's one of the best rock music performances of all time. The last one. So I am sorry if I my gender pronoun, I, I don't exactly know the best way to say this, but uh, Linda Thompson featured there is makes Elvis Presley and Caitlyn Jenner Eskimo Brothers. Oh, okay. I would have not thought that Elvis and Jenner would have a common. I wouldn't have thought so, but is she who he was with at the end? I don't know. I can't remember what what her name, what the the lady's name was, who he was dating at the end, because he was dating someone. Oh like, yes, yes. Someone was she in- found him dead. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't Killed know. Pills and died on the throne. Mm, yeah. Sorry. I, I think he and Alice Cooper were good friends, but that was that was what Alice said about him, like his legacy. That's not a good thing about his legacy. I mean, really, his it, it, it all comes down to body image. <laughs> Elvis died because of body image. Like when it comes down to it, that's kind he- of I it's mean, heavy, but it's true. Wow. It, you know, you don't have many men that it comes out that like they die from eating disorders to a certain degree. But he totally did. I mean, he's a patron saint of, like, disordered eating. Man. I mean, just you grow up poor, and you get richer than anybody should ever be, and you have the means, and you have a lot of people, and nobody has said no to you in a long time. But you also have an image to keep, so people give you drugs to fix it, Mm -hmm. because, you know, it should be a quick fix. But every quick fix, like, causes damage. Well, bummer. Sorry. (laughs) Bringing it away down, down, down. All right. What else you got, babe? Um... I think it was it, but I think I saw a copy of the letter that went to the high school. Yes, I did see the letter. So, it says, Dear Mr. Racine, this is the Wheaton Cougar. I mean, the Wheaton Cougar? Come on. I mean, like, <laughs> get at it, Kathleen Turner. Sorry. She's the patron saint of cougars. <laughs> you asked to see. We were very intrigued by your most unusual request. Many former graduates have requested to look at our old yearbooks, but yours was the first correspondence from a state penitentiary. We hope you will respect our desire to have the book returned at the soonest possible time. Good luck in your rehabilitation. I hope this satisfies your curiosity about your departed cousin. Oh, wow. Interesting. There is a lot going on there to just... Somebody took some time to write that out. It's on stationery. It is, and it is privacy issues all over the place. Some <laughs> some dude in the pen, some con, writes a letter to a school, and they're like, you want to see a yearbook with, like, you know, supposedly, like, sure, of course, as long as you return it. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know where you are. We know where we can come and get this. Uh, so we expect it to be returned. Um, thank you for sending us like your like bottle caps or your stamps to like <laughs> submit this or something crazy. But uh, yeah. Okay, I did find some other things. So we have the Impossible Cream. It's an ad for Bailey's. Like it's like impossible to blend whiskey with cream. Like Bailey's. Like what is this sorcery? <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's in a little liqueur glass to be sipped neat. Which I don't know about that. I mean, we do know people who sip it neat. We do. No, they sip it on ice. 
I mean, okay, fair enough. But that was refrigerated before it was poured neat. I I guarantee. I guess so. We've got this guy in his head and his uh, canned margaritas. <laughs> this guy in his head. <laughs> I mean, that's true. This guy's a lot of head. I want you to post this and say if somebody can come up with a better caption, <laughs> caption. than this guy and his head. <laughs> Done. Okay. We're going we're gonna to have to really get on the social media for this week. And we have... One more for my baby from the uh, from the romance. And it says that uh, some lilette with an orange or lemon twist is our choice for an aperitif. So I'm not okay. mad at that. Okay. That's maybe some of the better. Better <laughs> suggestions. Yes. Yes. Uh, some white burgundies for uh, conversational sipping. And a nice California Chandon for around $22. It's still $22 right now. I know. It's... Yeah. Wow. Then it, it it's come down in terms of like, but yeah, I mean, Chandon right now is still about 22 bucks, 22 to 20, to maybe 30 max. And then uh, a nice uh, Delamain cognac for about $100 a bottle for some serious fooling around. So <laughs> they had to ruin it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Playboy. You, you were really seeming classy there for just, just when he seemed classy for a second. You can always guarantee that Playboy is going to have a tone. <laughs> There's like somebody's weird, gross uncle at the <laughs> helm, no matter what's happening. The, the, yeah, the, the conference room is. Which I have no weird, gross uncles. I have two very lovely uncles. Um, I kind of do, but he's ruined by war. Uh, so it's complicated. Okay. Okay. He's kind of famous and we should probably not go in. It's way too late to get into yeah, it let's now. Not get into yeah, let's not get into that now. Kind of a war hero and kind of not happy about that. And yeah, it's it. Yeah, he was destroyed by war. We'll just say that. Yes. So, man, babe, I was I was trying to bring it up. <laughs> All right, let's, let's find something else. But, um. So next week, so we had originally talked about maybe taking a complete and total Mickey Rourke vibe. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's like ninety percent what we're gonna do. But I'm going to offer you, would you rather pivot with Florida and go to striptease instead? Oh. I, I think I'm still I'm still feeling Mickey Rourke, but I've been spending a lot of time in Florida this afternoon. You're feeling a little bit. Um. But Mickey Rourke can get us another two movies back to back without having to think. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um. Let's stick with Mickey Rourke, and then we'll pivot, we'll we'll take a trip down south. Okay, so next week, nine and a half weeks. Let's do it. I mean, I think it's going to be sexy, and it's going to be damp. Is that sexy? Damp, damp can go a lot of ways. <laughs> I feel like it's the sexy kind. I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> we, to be determined. We'll see you in a week, and we'll know. TBD. And if you have different opinions from us on... On how wet sexy can be, let's 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 hear it. TBD. All right, all right, guys. Thanks so much. Um, let us know your notes, your thoughts, your your viewing um, experience with Body Heat, uh, Forbidden Cinema on Instagram, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail, and we will see you soon. And go watch this one. Oh yeah. Sometimes this is just great. like listen to the podcast, and you you, you know the go watch this one of of the. Five movies that we've done on this podcast that you need to see. This is on this the top. is a great one, and I'll probably put it in the post. Like, if you are interested, like, go watch, watch it. Watch it first. Watch it first. Yeah, watch it first. Maybe put that at the beginning. 
maybe, maybe we'll oh, add, maybe like add, a, add like a little spoiler alert. Yeah, like okay. if you actually are interested in watching this movie, go watch it first. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye. Right, we'll see you. Bye.